Yo. Hey, what's going on? Okay, so I'm just going to make it uh, live, but just play some music. All right, sounds good. Hey, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up? Oh, you know, it's, uh, <clears throat> it was uh, an interesting time, interesting time uh, running through a league of their own. Um, I, I got to say that, uh, I think I said this earlier, when I, before I actually watched it. It, it, it probably just should have been a women's softball series and not women's baseball. <laughs> Why? Why do you think that makes a difference, whether it was softball or baseball? Because uh, it was basically like it was like watching a women's softball league from the two thousand twenties get transplanted back to the nineteen forties, and then everybody just acted like that was. It's almost like they were just like they were like time warped back, but then they also took the sensibilities of twenty twenty two back with them. So I'm still kind of like still kind of chewing on that. 
Wait, wait, wait. So, so real quick, did it remind you of softball because of how they're physically playing, or you think the people just felt too modern, so then it made you think of softball? Oh no, what made me think of softball is because lesbians play it. (laughs) Oh, oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's kind of interesting about this show. Um, well, a lot of people won't, well, I assume most people who, I like to assume most people who like, you know, come to these things, watch the conversations, but I also kind of realize some people like to just watch us talk. So they actually will come and just watch, even if they haven't seen. So for people who don't know the context, uh, this show is an extremely lesbian show. I mean, it's so, it's such a lesbian show. And, um, one thing that's kind of interesting is, um, yeah, so that gives that gives context to what uh, Q just said. And I don't really, I've not been able to really find any proof that the original uh, people who played in the All-American Girls Baseball League were major lesbians, you know? Uh, I mean, I'm not saying this wasn't the case, but I just haven't really been able to find like uh, proof of that. But what's interesting is they found this 90 something year old woman. I think she's pretty old. She's in her eighties or nineties that they're parading around everywhere for the press of the show. Who just came, who played in the league, a surviving uh, person that they said was a consultant. And they keep sharing this story that she came out um, uh, during the press for the show. And I'm wondering like, does this woman really come out or, did you just get some old lady to just, you know, hey, are you willing to say that you're that you were a lesbian or whatever? So she's like, and she's, but she's claiming the show got her to come out. Uh, and it's almost like they just oh, needed God. someone from the past to be on paper. And maybe it's true. Maybe she was a lesbian, you know, or is yeah. a lesbian. Like, yeah. like, like I have no, I have yeah. no idea. But there's something tacky to me about them just parading her around like a show pony. Like, look, there was a lesbian back there. It just happens to be one of the few surviving ones that we have her, and she just came out. So it's very weird. There's a lot, a lot of interviews and stuff with her. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that part. But I, okay, so just like because uh, I, I like to talk about the uh, themes um, first, and the, you know what? I, I'll say, despite everything, I actually did really like the show. Like it was as a sort of a slice of life type of show. I actually really enjoyed it. I, I liked all of the uh, the characters. Uh, even though, even like the uh, some of like the the subplots about like a couple of the girls like having to like sneak off uh, to like you know go to like underground uh, sort of like like lesbian areas and, and bars and that kind of thing so they can be themselves. I, I, I don't know. I just found that kind of endearing. Um, I guess maybe uh, like a lot of LGBTQ content tends to be very focused on queer politics. And like middle class gay guys, so I will say that it was nice for a bit of a change to see something that appealed to lesbian women. Because I don't know that there's a lot of media really geared up, like or geared towards lesbian women in particular. Um, a lot of like, a lot of what I see in the mainstream tends to be like a lot of queer bait. So yeah, this was a, this was the first show that I was like, oh wow, this is actually like kind of nice to see what it's like on the other side. Well, yeah. I mean, one thing um, that I will say about this show, and it's um, it was something I was telling some other people as as well. I mean, lesbian presence in mainstream culture has been like dead for a while. Like, you know, yeah. there's no real Lilith Fair anymore. I mean, people. Yeah, the um, '90s was huge for that, but then yeah, somewhere yeah, around les- the mid 2000s it dropped right off. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, the lesbian presence in mainstream culture has like died. Like, e like even the few attempts they've had, like they had a reboot of the L word, and most people don't even know that it came back. Like, I, I didn't no, know it I came back. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Like, like it just came, came and went. But um, yeah, I mean, lesbians. There were so many um, lesbian bars all over the place and stuff, and. I think right now, I could be wrong. I think New York City literally. I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say one thing real quick. Just a, a, hmm? a major, probably like a nuclear hot take. I think that lesbian influence on mainstream culture was overall way healthier than gay influence on mainstream culture. Mm, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll go say, I'll go say real quick. Yeah. I don't think I don't think New York even has a lesbian bar anymore, which is is crazy. I mean, at least no in, in Manhattan. In Manhattan, I think, um, oh, actually, if you take all five boroughs, I think there's literally three. Um, but, but check this out. As of January 2022, I just wanted to get this out. There's only three lesbian bars in the five boroughs of New York, and 21 lesbian bars left in the entire U.S. Get out of here. 21 really? in the entire U.S. That's how. 21 uh, in the whole. Wow. That's how dead. I, I didn't even know there was even three in New York. So that, that that's news to me. I thought we were down to like one or whatever. I'm sorry, but but but, yeah. but go on about lesbian influence compared to gay influence. No, I'll say that like, uh, like lesbian influence in the the 1990s. Like, I, okay, I, I find that um, look. Let's keep it to like TV and film. I find that like uh, a lot of characters that were either lesbians, lesbian coded, or like. Um, geared toward like geared towards having lesbian audiences like i'm thinking like like tank girl for example for example you remember you remember that movie yeah i remember it but i didn't uh see it i i read the comic more than i actually tried the the movie i never tried the movie i heard good things about it yeah yeah that was the the movie with um uh laurie petty, Lori petty and ice tea yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Ice T was like her uh, her companion. Naomi Watts is actually in that movie too. Um, I didn't I didn't even know that until recently. But uh, um, I I think I watched that like late last year, and um, I was like, God damn, like th this stuff is really good. And, okay, like that that movie came out what like ninety six, ninety five or ninety six, and uh, I remember like all of my uh, lesbian friends in high school. Like absolutely love that movie, but also like um, influences on culture uh, or uh, uh, music culture. Like you meant you brought up Liz Fair, but also like every lesbian that I knew loved Hole, right? Like, and even like uh, like the uh, the Butches, they loved Queen Latifah, and there was something about like um, influences on film, TV, and music where there didn't there there wasn't this idea that like women had to do what men do but better it's just like no women are women are powerful in their own right they don't necessarily have to be like guys they don't have to be physically stronger they don't have to be more intelligent or capable or whatever but it's like they can just be their own people without having to be like an analog to guys or like like being like a uh like a photo negative of male characters so like i, I don't know i, I i'd say that I, like the show brought something from back for me that I didn't even realize that I was missing because a lot of like queer culture, especially in the last four or five years, that's, uh, you know, influenced, um, 
film and TV, I don't know that I would say it's influenced music so much, except for like, I don't know, like fucking lo-fi hip hop or some shit. Like, I don't know, like, uh, like uh, groups like the internet, like, it just feels so fake and put on. And it feels very much like, like, it feels like gay and queer guys trying to create a culture that encompasses all of the LGBTQ spectrum, but never really asking the women their opinions on everything. And then there's a whole lot of, I feel like straight women that feel like they're able to speak for the LGBTQ community, but absolutely don't. But just because they're, they're allies or whatever, they feel like they're the representation that they want for themselves as like upper middle class, um, you know, entertainment or entertainment and culture professionals that they can encompass the entire experience because they also happen to be women. And yet like, I watched this show and I've got my like criticisms for it too, but like, I don't know, the overall energy of it was just like, wow, this is, this is, it brought me back to a period of time where I could watch or listen to this kind of media and not feel like I'm being condescended to, but feel like, okay, I'm, I'm actually experiencing something completely different. And I, I never really got, like, I never really understood this particular slice of life. And I don't feel like I'm being scolded or condescended to, like, I have to listen to, these people's point of view it's just this is what our point of view is take from it what you will does that make any sense to you or it does um something a nuclear hot take that a friend of mine had um that that was pretty pretty interesting uh a, a gay friend of mine uh his take was that he believes that uh at some point trans women kind of replaced um in mainstream culture the place of of lesbians in uh the the mainstream imagination you know so it's like um they feel like for some reason yeah a lot of of lesbians say that oh do they that's interesting yeah yeah the person who told me that was a was a uh a gay black man but 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 that was his um observation that no that a, a lot of a lot of lesbians do say that that they feel like uh, trans women have invisibilized them or like uh have like crowded them out i don't know that that's necessarily true i would say though that like um i think i, I think what has really happened because it's still not really safe to be a trans woman in the west like there's there's still not a high degree of social acceptance I think social acceptance, perhaps in the workplace and in society generally, but not like uh, in like families, interpersonal relationships and that kind of thing. And I think what uh, you see from uh, the entertainment industry, in media generally, in academia, etc., is that for them, for people to show how noble they are, like how good of a person they are, they... I was going to say open their hands to or open their arms to trans women, but it's not exactly that. They talk about how much they accept trans women, but I don't know that that's necessarily true. It's kind of like the same way how like diversity, equity, and inclusion would always talk about how they want to censor black voices. But again, you know that that's not necessarily true either. So I, I think that it's, it's not so much that like trans women are or stories of trans women are like crowding out lesbian women. I think that everyone is just like trying to show how noble they are by showing how tolerant they are with trans women without actually, without ever actually like giving opportunities or um, I don't know if you want to call it like censoring their stories or or whatever. 
It is, I, I guess, like, it feels almost like a land acknowledgement. The way that they would do land acknowledgements for indigenous people. I feel like the, uh, the current, like, cultural uh, feeling for trans women is as inauthentic as land acknowledgements. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure of that. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I feel like in all these kind of mainstream spaces, um, the kind of quote unquote love they give to, um, you know, people of, of marginalized identities is always kind of, uh, especially nowadays, uh, patronizing, patronizing at, at best. But, yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I feel like lesbians don't even get the, the patronizing as, aspect. I mean, the, the last big uh, lesbian mainstream thing I could think of was the show Batwoman. And that was god awful. That was yeah. really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah. I would say Ruby Rose is probably like the last um, kind of les- lesbian icon, and and yeah, yeah. They really did have have their um, moment, and you know, I, I guess we could say this. We can't say that there's definitely a causation between the rise and prominence of uh, trans women in media and and the decline of uh, lesbians in mainstream culture but i mean I, there's a definite correlation as in both did definitely happen at once whether one caused the other or not maybe there's just two totally independent um phenomenon but yeah i'll definitely say this show is the one good thing i'll give about this show is it is one of the most unapologetically lesbians because i feel like nowadays yeah. uh, for lesbians to get kind of focused in the media they usually lumped in with um I know it's two things. You either lumped in with um, the overall queer movement, uh, so it's like uh, lesbians and everyone else, or, and this is the other thing I, I think, the lesbian, the amount of lesbian shine that you do get is black lesbians with, you know, the, the whole kind of uh, BLM aesthetic, like the whole Black Lives Matter, like um, black black lesbians get a lot of shine, but they seem to have to get the shine by coming in under the black space, like like they've kind of yeah. colonized the uh, anti-racist, uh, you know, black space, <laughs> and, and filled it and filled it up with lesbians, you know. Uh, but yeah. th- there's not really like, like any black lesbian thing that's just lesbian, except for um, Lena Dunham. I think did some kind of show that was like kind of three or four, like it's a bunch of young black lesbians and stuff, but. From what I could tell, I think got no ratings. But she's the only person I've seen like recently try to, you know, kind of have a yeah, yeah. So, so one or two things. It's either an all queer type of, um, you know, show or movie, and the lesbians coming into that, or or it's a um, a pro black type of thing. And then the pro black thing will be uh, all the pro black people in the lead will be mostly lesbians. You know, like kind of like how. Uh, a lot of people in the BLM space were Black Lives Matter space were were lesbians, but um, lesbian things just about lesbians and primarily about lesbians. Uh, yeah, I think white I think white lesbians have had it harder than than black lesbians. Like you know, um, strangely strangely enough, it's almost like a reverse of what happened with um, what what made. What's her name? Kimberly Crenshaw, coin intersectionality. Uh, you know, yeah. you know where like the black women, um, the black stuff was covered by the black stuff was covered by the programs helping the men, and the female stuff was covered by the programs helping the white women. So the black women were kind of um, left out of uh, both. And I feel like in media, 
that happened to white women, like, a, a reversal to sectionality, whereas like um, the, lesbians, <laughs> the lesbian stuff was covered by stuff dedicated to pro-black black women. And then yeah. the uh, um, the queer stuff was covered by stuff that was covering everybody or, or, or gay men. So it's like gay white women were just kind yeah. of, you know, yeah, yeah. White women got the um, bad part of the intersection in, in that. So this is like, so this is a, not just a really lesbian show. This is a white lesbian show. They, they give some lip service to black lesbians and, you know, there's a black lesbian um, storyline that goes through this, but I feel like they just kind of did that just because with intersectionality, you kind of need to, but I think this was really a white lesbian show. The negative of this, did they need to call it League of Their Own? Did they need to hijack an IP? I was, like, yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah, that's the that's part the problem. where I say that it was it was more like a, it was a softball show. It wasn't because the thing is like most of the the uh, the most of the uh, the parts where they're actually most of the, uh, the 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 show's coverage of baseball was montages. Like you'd see them play the baseball games, and um, like you, you didn't actually see them play a full game of baseball it was mostly in montage so like the, the majority of the show was like about their social lives and traveling place to place etc but it wasn't like I, I i didn't really see a whole lot of baseball played and and it felt very obligatory as in okay we use this ip to tell our lesbian story so yeah we had to put some baseball in it so okay here's some baseball and it's like it was okay the baseball stuff but i've like, like, I'm going to say this. I don't think there was a great show in here, but there was a passable to good show that was in here that, you know, once I got past the point where I'm like, okay, if I give up... I, I feel on... like uh, it, I, would, mm-hmm. I, would call, I would say it's good because it was just better than I was expecting. Like, you know how you know how I am, like, jaded about almost everything that comes out now. So I was expecting yeah. absolute dog shit. I guess I was pleasantly surprised. And I was like, I don't know. There, there was just, like, really, like, like, sort of, like, cute moments of the show that... I don't know, just, like, showed a spark of life. Like, writers actually still have some talent that can write likable characters. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I mean, it definitely wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, you know. Uh, but I had to get there by just making peace with the fact that, A, this is not going to be historically accurate. Like, like, just treat this like it's, going, like it's uh, speculative fiction, like speculative historical fiction. Like, don't expect any... Type of accuracy from this, either about race or about gender or about, um, you know, feminism or anything else, you know, uh, about what's like to be a woman. Just treat it like an alternate earth. Like if, you know, like one of those, uh, like man, the high castle, like what if the Nazis won? Like, you know, like, like, like what if there was an alternate universe where uh, race and, and homosexuality went like this? I, and that allowed me to, to you know join the show and then the second thing I had to do to enjoy the show is just make peace with the fact this is not really a league of their own. Like, you know, like this is not really about baseball. Like just just make peace with yeah. the fact that yeah, these people the want like, to write uh... a show about themselves but yeah. felt the need to just uh uh Trojan horse it into an IP. And once I made peace with those two things I was able to kind of join the show on its own merits. Yeah, I was gonna say um the uh the catcher Carson like <clears throat> it's one of those uh, one of those uh, constant problems that you see with um, a lot of like modern uh, films and TV shows is that they tell you the character is good or that they're good at something, but they rarely ever show it to you. So like 
I, I'm not sure exactly how I'm supposed to get that uh, Carson was such a good player when I hardly saw any baseball being played. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't see exactly what it was about her particular set of skills or talents that made her a better player than um, not just like people on the team, but better than other players in the league. I, I, just, I, I didn't really see what it was that she did so well. One thing I um, that jumped out of me about this show too was they CGI baseballs in <laughs> to make them yeah. look like they're playing well, and, and they're so, it's they're so weightless. Yeah, they're so weightless and weird and bright. The balls, and I'm just like, you just CGI'd one thing into the scene. Why does it look so bad? Like, like you know, yeah. like you had one job, just CGI. And I and I was like, sometimes progress isn't always better because the original. Um, League of their own, the baseball looked way more convincing because, you know, they did it the old school way where, for example, somebody would swing the bat, but you wouldn't see the bat connect with the ball. It would just be a sound, you know, and those little yeah. cheesy tricks, they they work, you know, unless you're being nitpicky and paying a lot of attention, you know, like that little trick of having the person swing the bat and you don't see the you only see half of uh, the bat and you hear a sound and then you see a ball flying in the air. Sometimes what's old school is, it works and it's not broken, you know, but just because you can do something doesn't mean you need to do it. Like, like, yes, now we can CGI. Now you can have somebody swing at air and then CGI a ball in. And now you can actually see the uh, ball connect, but Maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe it looks really bad. Maybe it's not ready for prime time yet, you know, which which in this case, yeah. uh, it wasn't. Or maybe it's okay to just have somebody shoot five or six takes over and over until they get one where the the ball hits like the back. Like a solid hit, yeah. Yeah, which what they used to do as well. They would make someone swing and swing and swing until they um got it, got a hit, you know. So, yeah. That's another and, reason why uh, the baseball didn't work for me. I'll, I'll also say that, uh, well... Uh, that's, I mean, I almost feel like there should be a, uh, in Canada, we have what's called CanCon, uh, Canadian content, and um, a certain percentage of every uh, Canadian broadcaster's programming has to be dedicated to Canadian-only content, and I feel like a similar rule should be imposed for film and TV broadly, where only so much CGI can be used, and like, it, it, it scales according to what genre you're using. So for sure like this, like there should only ever be like, I don't know, like, like there, there could only be about 15 to 30 seconds of CGI at any time over the course of any episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Sorry. It's almost like, we've no, lost, I just agree. you know, we've lost the magic of like, just, I know that everyone like, you know, judges themselves over practical effects but like there's something to an actor having to like train themselves to get good at a particular thing that makes it much more meaningful because like you then you can actually believe that the actor is who they're, they're presenting themselves to be if they get good at that thing and that's actually i think that's why i liked greta a lot more because like I, I mean i'm not sure exactly how much the actress who played greta trained but I believed her a lot more than I believed uh, uh, the actress that played Carson. As, like, I was just like so wrapped up in her character, and she was able to just like chew up all the scenery. 
I don't know. I found her like really like endearing and, and funny. Whereas like the uh, the main the, the main character Carson, I was just I, I was not that enthralled by the story. And again, like I really didn't understand what it was about her that made her so special. Yeah, another thing I didn't like about this show was I did not like how they wrote the. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be honest. A lot of the positive praise I'm giving this show is because I'm going off of really low blue check writing standards, you know. So it's yeah. like the show is is watchable, is entertaining, but I don't want you to think that this is an amazing show. It's it's not. I think the original movie is still way better, but it's I mean, by far superior. Yeah. Yeah, the way they promoted this show had all the markings of oh, this is gonna be such a dog shit blue check show, and then. I reached the point where it's like any hints of of competence. I was like, oh wow, or, or the fact that I wasn't bored. Like for example, I'm watching um, the new Lord of the Rings at Amazon, and it takes me like three hours to watch uh, one hour. Like it's it, I have to keep stopping and like cleaning stuff. Is like that, you know? I thought it was gonna be like one of those type of uh, blue checky shows, but I mean, I was able to binge it pretty easy. Like just keep loading up the new one, but. It still has some bad blue check problems. Uh, one of them is a lot of presentism. It's chocolate and presentism. And then uh, one of the other problems is a real lack of nuance and bad like Easter eggs. Like a lot of people. I heard. I heard the word. I heard the word epic used at least once, and I was like, God, like come on now. Yeah, yeah, and and then they, they like use the word stud as as an Easter egg as well because for example, the word stud was not. Um, used for lesbians back then but they yeah. had but, but you know the the black lesbian girl dresses kind of very um uh very male in one scene with her lesbian lover and she asked her lesbian lover how do i look and she goes you look like a real stud and it's supposed to be like uh she's using studs to say you, you, look, you look like a handsome guy but it's also supposed to be easter like, like oh that's eventually what Black lesbians are going to be called studs. Like it's a, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And and I was like, okay, that's that's corny. Like 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 you reach out to force that piece of uh, dialogue or Easter presentist Easter egg in there. And there's a lot of things like uh, black people making fun of white people for unseasoned chicken, and they mentioned like Howdy Doody, and it's like okay, Howdy Doody didn't come until years later. Like you know, you could have done like yeah. a little bit of research. Like so, so that was very blue checky. But the other blue checky thing about this show. Right, just to make it clear, it's not 100% love fest. They did this thing that I can't stand. We talk about this with almost every show. We talked about it with She-Hulk, where they can't tell they're making a character insufferable, and they did that a lot with the black lesbians. She was really obnoxious a lot of the time. She was just really annoying, mean to her friends, mean to different people, and you're supposed to be okay with it because she's dealing with coming out, so she can just be a bitch to everybody, you know? Yeah. Um and and yeah, that just really drove me drove me nuts. Like they just could not tell how unlikable and she there was no reason to make her unlikable. The way she treated her lesbian aunt I thought was really dog shit. And she just gives her a half ass apology and everyone's like, That's okay, it's fine, you know, whatever. You know, it's like, oh no, it's not fine the way you treat people. It's you know, like make a squirm yeah, a little it, more. It, it, it goes back to that uh you know, criticism that we, we constantly have in shows where like a character has experienced uh, trauma or has experienced like undue difficulty and so they just treat everyone around them like shit and everyone just kind of accepts it but then we're expected, we're expected to like sympathize with the character also but the, the danger of that is that you end up making people who are antagonistic towards them the more sympathetic ones 
so in the show, like I don't, I mean, there was no uh, antagonist to to view as sympathetic, but also like the way that she would just talk to people around her and the way that she's so just like prickly and standoffish. It's just like I I don't so it's like I, I have I have no reason to like this character. This character may as well not be there because every time she shows up on screen, it kind of throws me out of the story. I'm like, oh god, now we're we're gonna deal with another one of these scenes. Oh, and she was always like using people too, like like, like the way she was kind of using that guy. You know, what's his name? Was him Gary or something? I forget his name, but um, the one that she's pretending to like to kind of get hired and get on the team and steal his spot and do all this oh, other stuff. Uh, was his name Guy? Yeah, Guy. I said Gary was yeah. Guy. Yeah, there was like yeah. stuff like that where I was like, um, okay, you're not really being. But then, like, you know, he's another one that instantly kind of forgives her for all her bad, all her badness, and it was, yeah, it was. Um, and I felt like the the actress was a very charismatic, likable actress, so she could have done much. She could be much better served by a more likable. Um, character uh, uh to their credit carson was not extremely unlikable she just wasn't super interesting either but they they fell into yeah. that uh i'm gonna write the insufferable character as simple uh i'm gonna write the un- i'm gonna write insufferable character but pretend that they're sympathetic that they're sympathetic uh problem that a lot of blue check stuff um has has anyone watching uh actually watched, watched oh, the show? One, one more okay. thing too one more thing i want to mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. out real quick was Sure. Was that uh, I, I was like really pleasantly surprised the the character Jess, um, who was uh, she's played by she's the blonde she's played by Kelly McCormick you know who I'm talking about? Yes. She, she has the she was the blonde with the really pouty lips. Yeah. So uh, I I've actually met her. There was a show that uh, that was on this uh, Canadian uh, TV station called Sci-Fi, and uh, it, it was called uh, Killjoys. And I was into that show. Because, oh, I actually remember that show. Yeah, I was into that show because a friend of mine was on it. Um, he, he was like, he was like an occasional character on it, and so like, uh, um, I've actually, uh, I've actually met her, and uh, she's also on this other show called Letterkenny, which if you haven't seen it, it's like, the it, right now it's the quintessential Canadian comedy show. It is, it is so fucking funny. But, uh, what is it called? What like is it called? Letterkenny. Letterkenny. Oh, oh, Letterkenny. Yeah, I keep hearing about that show. I haven't seen yeah. it. A lot of people talk about it. There's a lot of there's a lot of inside jokes, but like it's I, I think it's approachable enough that Americans can actually just appreciate appreciate the humor. But it's one of those shows where like it's funny, but if you if you are familiar with certain places in Canada, it's like three times as funny. But she's also like she's also a series regular there too. So I really I really like, I, I didn't know she was going to be on that show. It's a pleasant surprise to see her there. Yeah, she did. She did a good job too. But okay, one of the funny things about this show. Okay, so so uh, let's say some a couple things about this show. Okay, that this show, I think that she just set it in the modern day, and just had um, you know, you know, two thousands, two thousand twenties white lesbians and their black lesbian friends, and what it's like yeah. to be like a white feminist lesbian and have black feminist lesbian friends, and I think. Maybe the show wouldn't have gotten as much initial attention because it wouldn't have been attached to a well-known IP, but it would have had a better chance of being memorable. Like this show, I think no matter how good it gets, it's never going to get out of the shadow of the original show. It's always going to be a lesser no. version of, of of that show. Whereas if they just took a chance and made their own property, I don't think it would have been a great show, but they could have had a decent little show that would have had 
a cult following that would have stayed with it forever. But I think um, the IP eventually swallows it up. And and it's so funny because there's no need for this to be illegal or owned. It's so weird. And this is the big problem I have with the show, right? Now, like I said, what I would do to get through the show and just, you know, learn to enjoy it on its own terms was just not expect any historical accuracy and just kind of treat it like some kind of alternate speculative fiction, like, you know, historical uh, fiction. And I would just kind of make peace with like the presentism and just try to ignore that it was illegal or own. But what the creators of the show kept doing in interviews and on Twitter and stuff was they kept acting like they were revealing real history about race and queerness. And it was just driving me nuts. Like, let me just enjoy your fake history, your wishful thinking show. Like, you know, just, just, Oh, how you wish history was stop. Yeah. Just like lean a hundred, lean a hundred percent into the spec thing. Like it's, this is not history. Yeah. And just, just lean into that. But there were like uh, the guy, Will Graham, who's doing reading lists on Twitter and, and threads like, hey, if you want to learn more about this, we're talking very important stories. Here's all the stuff we researched. And he's giving like threads of books about race and and gender and queerness and, and all this stuff. And he's like, we're telling real stories. Here's these black women who played in the Negro Leagues. And I'm like, no, this is not real. Just stop trying to act like doing a documentary and they were speaking to their detractors by saying everyone's getting mad at us because we're revealing untold stories like, no this is not an untold story it's untold because it's not real this is there was no place or time where um freaking illinois rockford illinois was this gay like in this yeah, in this yeah. in this alternate 1940s midwest basically there's a town what's the town it's in illinois rockford illinois um, I know someone who's from, from Illinois and said, even Rockford today is not progressive. So the <laughs> idea that there's, um, yeah. uh, uh, he's a gay guy from Illinois. And he's like, when my family passed through Illinois and I was already a gay kid, uh, I, I had to like, kind of, uh, feel uncomfortable and hide in the back seat. I felt very, uh, like I, st- I stood out cause he was one of those people that I said he was very queer from like a young age. And, uh, right. yeah, so he's like, it's funny that in 1940s, the whole, basically the whole town is secretly gay. This show is so gay. That if you see a character, unless there's proof otherwise, it's safe to assume that they're just all gay. assume they're gay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just assume every character is every character is gay. Like like unless somebody comes out and just makes out with the opposite sex in the first ten minutes, uh, chances are they're gay. But even if they do make out with someone of the opposite sex in the first ten minutes, you still don't rule out that they might end up being closeted anyway. Like it's just and it just got so funny at times. Like 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 there's a scene where the team is walking around and they're doing pretty good and they leave like a movie theater or something. And then this soldier and uh, his companion, this male soldier, his female companion um, come out and they're like, Hey girls, you did great. And I'm like, Oh my God, are these two going to show up as gay later on? Because the soldier <laughs> is like sachet. He's like switching. <laughs> and the soldier is so flaming gay. I'm like, is this soldier is the audience not supposed to tell the soldier's gay? And he's like, hey, girls, you know, you did great. I'm like, this guy is this. He, he reminded me of that guy who's on the Drew Barrymore show. show. He's this gay guy who shows up on a lot of talk talk shows and stuff. Um, if you saw him, you would know him. He, he gets a lot of work. But the guy looked like him. Like, he just had this flaming gay guy look. And I was like, these two are going to show up gay later. And then, sure enough, at the end of the episode... They're in the the town's underground gay bar, like a 1940s yeah. Rockford, Illinois, has yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
a gay nightlife, an underground gay nightlife, and those two are there, and, and the team's like, wait a minute, you, weren't you the, the people from before? Yeah, honey, we're gay. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Why? <laughs> this is not historically accurate. Right, like, but, but I'm fine with it if they yeah, cre- create the show. Yeah. Just wouldn't shut up about how accurate the show is, and that it's telling untold gay history. Right, and there's like there's no history whatsoever. Yeah, that was that actually kind of struck me because like his response to me was a little bit too like I don't know ebullient because like I don't know like he he could also be like yo I just got found out you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're the first instinct. Even if you see somebody that you recognize in a place where it's like it's supposed to be safe, your first instinct is not going to be like, "Oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm seeing them again. That's amazing." It's like, "Holy shit!" Now they know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess I could buy it in terms of mutually assured destruction. Like, hey, you saw me here, but I saw you here, so you know, yeah. it's okay. But it was, it was just, just very. It's so phony, like like just how um, progressive everything was. Like in a way, they kind of do a disservice because they make the past look less racist and less homophobic. Like they actually end up doing a disservice to uh, the queer and black struggles because, I mean, the things you have black and gay people getting away with in your eagerness to kind of uh, create the world you want to live in like like okay i'll tell you i'll tell you exactly i i, I have it figured out this, this is a perfect way to put it right and this is a very blue checky thing about the show like 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 blue checks a lot of times can't take things the way that they are they hate the idea that they could ever be excluded from anything like they have this kind of childish need to be included in everything so it's like if you do shakespeare and it's a shakespeare about like uh, Richard the Fourth or whatever, they'll be like, why can't they have been black people in Richard the Fourth's family? Like, you know, we have to leave us. Like, everything is leaving us out. Like, uh, oh, this, this is Edwardian England. It's Bridgerton, and you know, there's like five black people in this area, whatever. It's like, oh, yeah. we're we, we leaving us out. What about us? That's not fair. You know, like, like they think somehow that reality is being unfair to them. If, like, just telling things how they were. They're entitled to be included in, in everything. You should put them in great expectations or whatever. You should put them in Bridgerton, Hamilton. Hey, why do we have to be the slaves? Why can't we be the slave owners, you know? Uh, and somehow that's justice. To just, uh, yeah. you know, like telling these people you can't have any limits. Like, you know. That's what I mean when I say, you. like, like that's what I mean when I say, like, you put the, not only put the characters into a time machine, but you also put, like, the modern context in the time machine and send it back with them. Yeah, ex- exactly. And this is the idea that, that Blue Chicks have, that everything should affirm them um, 24-7. And then there's this scene that I think is intended to be meta, right? Which is where it says, um, you know, I forget exactly how it goes. I should have looked it up before starting the show. But something like, um, hey, they told us this wasn't real, so we made something real. And we, we you know what I'm talking about where the team talks about how uh, we're going to make this our reality like like this this baseball it tells us this woman's um baseball yeah. is real and i think that is a metaphor for how um blue check minority types feel about reality like hey sure in the um roaring 20s us black people wouldn't have been able to hang out at the great gatsby party but 
let's make our own reality where we're in, we're included, you know, in and that we're actually part of the fun. We, you know, we're in the quote unquote room where it happens. Like 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 when um when Hamilton has that song, I want to be in the room where it happens. I think that song is supposed to represent how Alexander Hamilton feels about his striving. But I think I want to be in the room where it happens is a meta song about how blue check minorities feel about all the cool things that white people were a part of in the past. Like I want to be in the room. If, if white people were signing the declaration of independence, that's historic and, and cool to America. I want to retroactively put myself in that room. I think that that song is a, is a meta narrative about what Hamilton itself is like, like a certain type of minority that wants to be. And that line in league of their own, I think is also something we've done like, Hey, let's, uh, you know, we were given something. Uh, I want to find the exact quote because I feel like it'll do what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I swear, you're like, uh, you're, you are, um, what you're doing right now is like the uh, the breakdown of uh, post the the postmodern split with reality. You might as well like just do a video essay about what you just said and start it with, "Hey, this is RJ." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a handful of people will, will get that reference, but but yeah, no, no, it's it's true. It's funny. It, it can't just create me on on the spot, but yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you said. A break in reality. There's a type of break in reality that these kind of blue checks have. It was a very childish, need to be affirmed kind of break. Like everybody has to go through this phase where they realize Superman's not real. I'm never gonna be able to fly. Superpowers don't exist. You know, like it's part of growing up. These people can't have that kind of disillusionment like you know that no no um you were you were a slave you were oppressed you were uh gay bashed uh in the 50s like you know there wasn't this kind of glamorous reality uh for you and i feel like um this that's a problem with this show but i could deal with it if these were honest about it like ryan murphy had this show called hollywood and netflix it was a horrible show but it didn't pretend to be real it was just a totally fake alternative Hollywood where um, everything was progressive. Uh, no one was racist. Black people got to headline movies in the, in the forties and win Academy Awards. And, you know, it was, uh, I mean, I mean, it was a dog shit show, but at least it was honest about what it was that like, we're just going to rewrite uh, history. But this thing wants to have its cake and eat it too. It wants to make yeah. its own fan fiction version of reality where, you know, um, the past was a gay utopia and a and a black utopia. There's a scene where like the black people are fighting in a white bar, and I'm like, okay, they should all been lynched. There's no way they would have just started a fight, you know, in a white bar and yeah. disrupt everything. Yeah. And and nobody's like, you know, fearing for their lives and like, you know, Rockford, Illinois. It's um, I don't know. It's just it's just weird. Postmodern uh, break with reality, I think, is a great a turn of phrase by you. Yeah, no, that's that's. That's what happens when you have these like uh, like these historical series that are explored. Like Bridgerton is completely speculative fiction, but I think this one, uh, you know, legal of their own. I think this blurs the line a little bit too much. And it's like, so are you like? Do you expect me to see this as like historical reality, or do you expect me to suspend my disbelief for these modernist sensibilities, words, phrases, and context that I'm just supposed to accept? And yeah, it's, it's a complete split with reality. Yeah, and no, I think the answer is pretty clear in that. I mean, based on how they're promoting it, they clearly expect you to think it's real. Everything 
that I've seen about this show just talks about how accurate well, like, it was. Anybody, and... any, anybody watching it, like, I don't think there's a single person watching it that could watch uh, the whole series the whole way through and be like, oh, yeah, this is this seems like a pretty accurate representation of reality. So, I, I, like, I'm not really sure what they expect from the audience. Yeah, I'm not really sure either, but you used to think that that found pretty interesting, right? Um, <laughs> this is what I found interesting. I, I found these quotes about the show uh, these tweets about the show when it came out and some of these tweets I thought were actually insults or, you know, people like reactionary people bashing the show. Like I thought, Oh, these must be like all right people bashing the show. But I realized, Oh no, wait a minute. These are like liberal people posting these as compliments. So someone tweeted yeah. every character of this series is queer until proven straight. This tells you all you need to know about. This tells you. This tells you all you need to know about League of Their Own. I thought somebody was saying, "Oh, this lets you know this is just woke bullshit." I realized, "Oh no, wait a minute! This person is saying that as a good thing. Like, like they're actually saying you need to watch this show uh, because every character is gay until um, you hear otherwise, and it makes gay normative. That's all you need to know to know that you should be watching this this great show." So I'm like, "Okay, people actually." want the bullshit people actually want this kind of fake reality which again is fine just stop pretending that this is uh revealing anything uh his historical which is what the the creator the creators would not stop doing the creators are abby jacobson from um broad city who had come out late in life and i think that's what kind of attracted her to the story which i think would have been a great series i want to see a series about um, metropolitan progressive uh, white Jewish girl who late in life, you know, has come out or realized that she that she that she's queer because she's like she's she talks about the injuries of being really new to being queer, which I think is what she was trying yeah. to tell with her with her story with Carson's story. Carson's story seems to be like, the, a ridiculous what, story. I was gonna say like here's what uh, I don't know. This is this is uh, something that I haven't really quite wrapped my head around. Right, like it's what is it like what does queer mean in this context because uh, like just because you're a lesbian doesn't necessarily mean that you're queer and just because you're queer doesn't necessarily mean that you're like gay that's why like queer is its own uh acronym in the lgbtq alphabet so i i don't know i i, I guess that was the part that i was having a bit of a hard time with is that I, i'm not really sure what, what exactly about her character was supposed to be queer yeah yeah that's a great that's a great point um yeah i mean this is this is not just historical speculative fiction i'll say it's historical speculative uh, fan fiction like it didn't even feel like you know the, the historical part just seemed like it wasn't even someone who did like really good resource like you said they had like you know a lot of out of context slang and all these all these different things and it was just um the race part i thought was like kind of really bad too and and just the way that the black gay scene was so advanced like there were so many trans people and all these things and i know that um those type of identities have have existed for a very long time like there's examples of people in the late 1800s who were trans and everything but not in this concentration and level of commonness like it was there was excuse me the fact that you can have a whole black i'm just gonna game. say right like i'm just gonna say right now like two mm -hmm. things one mm -hmm. i was gonna say a couple things one like if there was that much 
I, I like if that was if there was that much homosexual activity happening in a single place uh, at that time, like it would have attracted the attention of the wrong kinds of people. Like they all would have been arrested or like lynched. Especially because they were very half-assed about hiding it. I mean, I mean, yeah, the, the aunt was yeah. just openly, openly walking around gender bent twenty-four-seven. Right, and then the uh, the the second thing is that, um, like, it. I have a I have a theory. Actually, it's not just my theory; it's Rory's theory also. Uh, but we have a theory that there's actually really only fifteen lesbians in the world, right? So, <laughs> I. I, I don't think that all, like, 15 living lesbians would have been in that exact same place at the same time. It, it, especially in such a, ever, such a random you know, place you know, in Rockford, like, Illinois. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you know, how, you know like, the, uh, you know, like, in Star Wars, right? How there's only, like, one, you know, one Sith Lord and their students, right? And so, like, we have a theory about lesbianism that there's really only, at any given point in time, um, there's only about 15 lesbians alive in the world at any point, and I just don't—I don't think that in the 1940s that uh, all 15 existing lesbians in the world would have been in that one city. It's very uh, bizarre, and and here's some other very blue checky things, like like as far as like lack of nuance in this in this show. And like I said, there's enough good stuff about this show where I'm like. Hey, if he said it in the present and he just got rid of a lot of this pretense of being, you know, realistic and, and you know, it'd be good. But the other third thing is the lack of nuance, like I said. So there's two white women. Um, and again, this is one of the shows that I feel like this is, this is a, a trend with modern liberalism and intersectionality for whatever reason where white women seem to be, have become like, like I get that white women got let off the hook when it came to calling people racist for like way too long, you know, they got to kind of uh, throw stones and hide their hands historically for like way too long. But now I feel like this is overcompensation where it's like white women have become like the face of, you know, if, if there's a remake birth of a nation, like the, the, the clansmen would probably just all be like, you know, uh, white women, like, you know, calling the managers. Like it's very, it's very weird that, that this overcompensation, because I felt like um, it was kind of easy on white men but like you know, there were two white women who were um, being very racist to uh, the. They're being very racist to the black protagonist, the, the the female, and their names. When you look up their names in the um, uh, IMDb, or if you pause, if you pause the show and it, on Amazon, it shows you the names of the actors in the scene. Their names, the two white ladies... Oh, yeah, who the, uh, let... the X-ray vision or whatever they call it? Yeah, the X-ray vision. The two white ladies who wouldn't let Max apply for a factory job are called Karen and Karen. One spelled with a K and one spelled oh with a C. Oh, Yes, they're called Karen. And then somebody tweeted it and hashtagged it a league of their own. And the creator of the show, um, Will, whatever his name is, Will. I just forgot his Will, name. Will, Gra Will, Will Graham. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Will Graham, Will Graham, uh, retweeted that tweet like like he was very proud. Somebody caught his his Karen Easter egg. And I was like, oh, get, come on, please. Like you're actually owning that, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. So that that was very uh, another example of presentism and a little too cute uh -huh. for their own good. Uh, Getty Gamby Man's here, and he said that he had so many thoughts about this, and now he's just laying in the cut. Like Gamby Man, why are you not? 
your name was the one I was yeah, looking I was for. Say, yeah, yeah, because we, yeah, we've been uh, sort of like uh, chewing the fat on this one for a while, but uh, I've seen people like sort of like hop in the queue for like three seconds and then hop right back out. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gamby man, if you can, unless you're maybe somewhere. Oh, there, there we go, there we go. I'm about to ask you a thing or two. Like, like, why were you just laying in the cut for it, man? I thought you had so many thoughts about this. He's at his girl's house. That's why. He, yeah, there, there we go. There we go. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I thought. I thought maybe <laughs> you were like, like, like someplace important, like a funeral or something. You just sneaking in. No. No. Not at all. I, I, okay. I've been in here, man. I just been listening to it all. You know. I, ain't, I ain't know. You know. I thought. I thought y'all was just. You know, shooting it. You know. I really. I'd have came up earlier. You know. But I was kind of letting y'all go off. You know. Your thoughts on the show. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah I'm, curious, I'm, curious hear, I'm curious to hear, hear your thoughts because I know you're a big fan of the original, yeah. original movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the original um, uh, movie. You know, like I said, I watched it with my my dad at, once when I was really little. He liked a lot of Tom Hanks movies and stuff. So, you know, I found it funny. You know, and all the stuff in there, I like Gina Davis, Laurie Petty. You know, uh, you know all the acting. I thought it was a funny movie, uh, drama movie. You know, and all that good stuff. So. You know, for me, I, I'm not. I, I I've heard y'all talk about it. I get the 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 lesbian aspect of it. Like maybe you know, a lot of lesbian people feel grown on it, and that's fine. You know, but looking at it all around, I mean, I agree. It's kind of watchable. It's not. It's not unwatchable. It's not like that boring. But it's so. It's real to me. It's still real bad. And to me, what is is definitely using the IP because, but. The thing is, what I'm getting is, is that it's to me, it's, it's is it just it's just about them being gay, right? Like it's not really, I don't like you said, it's not really a lot of baseball to it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it's pretty much just about them being gay. I mean, I mean, right, or, and maybe is, being women, maybe you know, a, a little yeah, bit. Th- 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 this is really one of the most gay shows I've I've, I've seen in right. in a while that wasn't explicitly billed as being gay. Like like for sure that right. Especially Bill is being gay, such as like the L word or queer as folk. Uh, uh-huh. It's probably hands down the the gay show, not explicitly called a gay show. In right, the and so and, and so for me, looking at it, I'm like, I mean, that's what I mostly see out of out of the blue check crowd. It's like, yeah, it's gay, and I'm like, I, I mean, all right, but like to me, a league of their own, the movie, it wasn't just like okay, they were women in that in that movie, and they dealt with you know sexism. That's not that's not, you know, swept under the rug, you know, that they were women, you know, of course not. But it's also like, that's not all it was either. It was like they were characters. Like, in my opinion, I don't really see great characters in this show. And, I'm, and like you said, I know you're saying you're not, it's not all that great of a show either. But it's like, to me, I don't find a lot of it that compelling, to be honest. I mean, again, I respect if, you know, somebody say, look, I got a lot out of this because, you know, I don't see a lot of lesbian representation or whatever. You know that that's cool, but like, so in my opinion, looking at it, I'm like, there's no, there's no. The, the, to me, they're just stand-ins for that, for that 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 amount of representation, and less about. I feel like it's very, very on the surface. It's very light. It's not very. It is. There's not much more going on there. Whereas I felt like in the original one, you can find multiple characters that you can still remember in them two hours than the ten hours or whatever you get here. It's like Rosie O'Donnell, or you know, or and she's doing some some interesting work here in this show as a, I guess, a different char- character as a cameo. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, I, I find that very at all. Uh, 
Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel realistic. Not, I couldn't. I, I didn't know if it was a, exist in that. <clears> I, in that time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Was was that a, was it supposed to be a trans man or was it like a, a, a just you know a, a stud? Let's. I mean, it seemed like if not if at least not a tra- an out and out trans man, it was at least someone who um, was such a stud that they pretty much walked around dressing and acting like a, a man, but was also like a, a millionaire. So I'm like, okay, wait a minute. How are you this right, right. a figure? You're not really an outsider, but you're just walking around basically like, like a millionaire trans man, you know, like you know, who who also <laughs> right, has yeah. an underground I, lesbian club it, un, it, undetected. Like, like you're just way too high profile uh to be this out in, you know, whatever. It, and that, and that's and that's wild. And like you said, because the show isn't like you said, I, I was thinking of this. You you mentioned it to you. He was talking about Hollywood. I was like, all right, Hollywood at a certain point when I when I saw that show. I thought that was weird on so many different levels, but at least it was like, all right, we're going all the way. Like, there's no way you're going to think this stuff would have actually happened in the 1940s in Hollywood. There's no conceivable way yeah, 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 all these things are happening. Pretending. Someone just right. dropped some acid and just went crazy. <laughs> yeah, but like on here, it's like it's like it's like it's like they're like trying to give some plausible like way of saying, OK, well, we can't go so far where the black woman would actually be on. The white women's team that wouldn't happen right we can't go that far we can't have the black queers and the white queers in that because the white queers would have been just as racist and we don't want to do that to those characters we don't like you know we're trying to make you like them so it's like it probably would be kind of unrealistic but it's it's but there's also a lot of other weird stuff that's kind of happening at the same time that's just like to me it's just too, it takes me out of it enough to go just like come on like either you're gonna go all in all in or now and it's like to me you're just being you're being cowardly a little bit. Like, you want to yeah. say something, but you don't want to do it. Like, and, and I think you touched on something really important, and, and that's, like, they try to downplay the fact that the white lesbians would have been as racist as yeah. the white straight people. So, yeah. so you end up... I think one of the things you do to get around that is, if you notice, they only have... Um, that, that girl, Carson, the one played by the Broad City girl, she's pretty much right. the only white... Lesbian hey, that talks to her. Well, yeah, that, that talks to her. And I think it's a way that they can kind of skirt around the fact that, yeah, even though uh, we're white and queer and outsiders, uh, we're still <laughs> white at the end of the day, and, and, and we would have been let, uh, racist back then. Like, like right, but we don't, but we don't, but, but we don't do it though. We don't actually go there with it. We don't, we don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think they realize if it would have looked too fake to have all those white uh, lesbian women not act racist, so they just try to avoid it altogether by just. Not having any interaction with, uh, and and, and, so, and so, some of the stuff where, and this is an example of real bad presentism where um, Max, I think it's, I think it's a woman's name. Uh, Max says to yeah. uh, Carson, "Well, yeah, you didn't get involved. Like basically, chastise her for not being a good ally." I was like, Wait, this is the oh yeah yeah yeah. She, she yeah, this is the forties. Who's talking about like? Yeah, yeah. What the hell was she gonna do? Like, come out and say, "Hey, guys." What black woman? Is, what black woman expects a white woman to do something like that for in the forties? Like, even yeah. in, in any conceivable way. Yeah, I but but that's not what you, that's what it's about. Like that's Abby. That's Abby. Somebody like her, you know. Uh, probably you know a more liberal feminist woman probably has seen some stuff about white women allies in the feminist movement or whatever, and it's like, okay, yeah, I want to be an ally, but I'm not being a good ally. But it's like, come on, that wouldn't even be. A thing, yeah. but that's that's why that's why it's throwing me off because some things you know it's like all right we can't go this far, but we're gonna simultaneously make something that at least for me it's it's very inconceivable and it's just it's so much that I have to kind of giggle at it man I have to laugh at it and like I said like the original 
you know, the, the movie, you know, obviously race wasn't in there. You know, obviously, I, wasn't this based off a tweet about the black woman that they showed in the movie? Like, this movie, the show was, like, based off a black woman throwing the, the baseball? Yeah, yeah. Well, th- this, this is where I think it came from. Um, this guy, Matthew Cherry, wrote this tweet. And this tweet was about... Um, can you imagine if they rebooted a league of their own, but, you know, had the black women, like, you know, the three black women who played on the Negro leagues, and then it went viral. And then uh, a couple years later, we have this show. And I think they right. took his tweet and made it a subplot because the, the girl Max is supposed to be an analog for one of the three black women who played in the Negro league. But then the, the right. A plot, which is the white lesbian plot i think is abby jacobson's life and i feel like she kind of wanted to do a show in her life and, she and couldn't. Her, her, her yeah 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 either she couldn't sell it or maybe she was afraid to kind of be out there um exposed and you know not um behind the safety net of an of an ip you know but but yeah so it's, right. I, feel like, I feel like it's two shows that, that's nothing with this it feels like two shows that are marginally connected. Like, I thought it was going to be one of those shows where there's, like, three or four narratives. Kind of, you know how Game of Thrones starts out with, like, three or four stories that seem kind of separate, but they kind of right. coalesce? I, they all, I, felt like, yeah. I felt this felt like that, but the tie that they, they gave it was very forced and unconvincing. They never really came to the well, they, the two stories. Also, especially with the, with, the black, with the black girl, you know, Max, who, and that's a character that I find annoying, too. Like, if they, if, if if they're doing it with She-Hulk, they're doing it with that character too. In my in my opinion, I I don't I yeah, didn't enjoy her character with, you, at all. You agree with me, right? That she's very unlikable, and they don't even realize it. She's very unlikable, and I don't I don't see again. Like you say, I'm like it's because she's you know a black lesbian woman and struggling with this, and she's got to go to church, and you know how oppressive that can be. So it kind of gives her an excuse to just be an asshole in ways where it's like you you're making trouble at other people's jobs. You you getting mad at the at the. The, you know, they had the, the black guy who was like, he made like, a, a, I guess, a team. And it was like, it was a men's team. And they were like, well, she was like, I'm better at you than, than baseball. How did you make it? He's like, well, it's the men's team. And she gets mad that, that he would think it's like, well, yeah, a woman wouldn't play on the men's team. Like, he's like, it's like, how dare you not see that I, that we can look beyond those things or yeah, something. And she does not feel like from that. She doesn't say she's from a black community in the 1940s. She just yeah. feels like she should be reading bell hooks and have a something ring. Like she right, right. She doesn't feel yeah. right at, at all. They like, make an effort. Like what black, like white, like most black would be like, well, yeah, the, the you know, you could say it's, you know, back in the day, but they would have been like, yeah, the girls play with the girls. But it's like, she's so different. She's like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. You know how Belle sings about like she's better than the provincial town that she lives in, and you know I, I know more than you bakers and all you peasants who work out here. It's like it's like that's how that's how that character is. It's like I see so much more, and I wish that the rest of y'all black people just understood <laughs> understood big, this more. A big problem with Hollywood, and this is something that's bigger than just this show, um, as bigger than Black Hollywood or whatever. Hollywood and the creative arts in general are populated 90% by people who thought uh, they were too good for their high school and their town, you know, and they were all going to go to New York or L.A. And it's like 90% of those people in one industry. So that's a value that happens in movies and TV and Hollywood, like way too much of the, of the person who's always daydreaming about 
right. leaving their small town. For right. example, uh, the, the new Amazon show, Ring of Power, has like four or five characters in three episodes who do that. There's um, the guy oh, wow. on the ship, and he's always daydreaming. And it's like, yeah, his head's always in the clouds. He's always dreaming of being somewhere else. And one of the hobbits is like, there has to be a world beyond the, Beyond where I'm at. Beyond, yeah, they, they, they love that. It's very rare you find someone that is like, you know what? Sometimes the place where you're born is a great place to be. And small town life is uh, right, right. great. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, right. but, so, so but, this, show, this show felt like a black writer was writing her experience with her own black community. You know, uh, and not this character. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I, I just looked at her. I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm supposed to sympathize with her. And I, I get it that she is dealing with these issues and it's it's not safe for her to come out. But it's like, it's also, it's like, you don't really care about your community at all. It seems like, like the interactions with a community seem, you know, kind of hostile. You know, and I just, I don't like that. You know, as a black person, I just don't, I don't like that type of. That kind, of, that type of depiction as a good thing. Like, like she's like I'm supposed to really rally behind Max, even though she like all her interactions are almost always like kind of antagonistic, you know, kind of smarmy. And I'm like, and it's not, you know, it's not because she's a woman that I'm feeling that way. It's just because that's what she's an asshole, and and it's not, it's not a fun, it's not even a fun asshole. It's just a a, a grading asshole. Like just like how dare you asshole? <laughs> like, and I, I can't yeah, get with it. Yeah, it's it's very and you know something like I think that actress is really fine. Like she's a she's really attractive and and I think yeah, she was yeah, a nice personality. Like, she's a yeah. I'm like you could have given her so much better, you know, yeah, material than this. They could have given a very good star making turn, and it's like it's almost a shame. You have you found such a good good actress, um, you know, but it's, um, it, and and gave her this material. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, who's I mean, who's writing these stories? Though, I mean, is, it, is that Abby and them? I mean, to me, it's like just uh, thought, it, it, it's thought it, it, laundering. Oh yeah, that's a good. When this is interesting, uh, one of the black writers on the show is uh, Abby's best friend. So, so you said a chubby girl that's her best friend. Um, oh, okay. She's oh, okay. A, yeah, yeah. She's she's uh, an actual writer on the show. Uh, some some Nigerian girl. I forget her name, but it was kind of jarring because the, the character is so kind of country. And he, 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 his Nigerian name is the actress. And, but, but something, a problem with the show too, right? Uh, and this is the problem that I've noticed with a lot of these shows. And uh, Q's always bothering me to make uh, video essays. And this is actually one that I was going to work on first. And the, cool. the, the resume decline. There's something that's happening now with all this IP stuff, right? Where I started noticing this, and I noticed it with the Phase Four Marvel stuff that Q has uh, convinced me to start watching, and I started watching it, and it would keep being dog shit. And I would go to the IMDb and look at the writer and the director, and with exception of Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi is the only experienced person. A lot of these people had like one or two credits to their names, especially in the writing side. Even in uh, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, the guy had like uh, that that. Credits like Robot Chicken, one episode, uh, Rick and Morty, one episode, and then um, Billion Dollar Marvel movie. <laughs> it's like what? Oh, yeah. that makes. I mean, that that. I mean, if that if that's if that's what that is, that 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 that's why I feel like so much stuff is bad like this because now you got people yeah. who's kind of getting like they're getting like shows now and they're getting these big these big projects, but they ain't never like their writing hasn't matured. They haven't practiced on enough stuff, and yeah. I don't feel like a lot of them. I don't feel like a lot of them have like great. Like experience, like I don't know, like I'm talking about, like oh, 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 oh yeah, 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 they didn't have, have interesting lives that were hard. You know, most of them, right? Like the There's nothing interesting, or, 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 
or a high level private school and then got a great uh internship yeah. right away and like, started working in Hollywood, like, you know? They don't have like I know like you, like I watched like yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh no, I, I was gonna finish finish your point real quick, right? Uh I started noticing like like the resume decline. I started looking at like the phase one shows and like how some of the screenwriters had very long screenwriting histories and then you look at these new shows and they have and I realize kinda of what it is, right? Um they would try to get like a lot of more auteur type people in Marvel and a lot of times it would kind of fall through. They would get like Patty Jenkins, they would get um Edgar Wright, and then people would be like leaving over creative differences. I think that they start thinking, hey, if we get nobodies, they'll be so grateful for the gig, you know, they'll just um not leave over creative differences, you know. Or people who just don't really have a voice yet, you know. So I think they just kind of figure we're just gonna get young young people who, who just want to break in or don't really have a voice yet. And then the IP will make up for it. Like, why do we need to have a great, great uh, writer or someone with a strong vision when we have an IP everyone recognizes? We can just throw um, a, a tap dancing monkey on a typewriter and and uh, people are going to tune in just out of curiosity. So I think these people are just being thrown on properties in a way that's not because we think you're great. It's because we think you're just going to be happy to work and anybody can do this because we have the IP is a star, not, not the writing, not, not whatever, yeah. but they're yeah. underestimating people like people will get tired. Even with this Marvel stuff, the stuff is starting to flop now. Like people are like, like, like yeah. the IP only has so much, um, um, wait, yeah, there's yeah. A limit. Yeah. There's a yeah. limit to that. There's, there's diminishing returns on, I mean, you look at like a league of their own. Like I said, I watched the movie, you look at somebody like Penny Marshall, who had a. I, I guess if you're saying these people had one thing, I know she did like big. I know she did big with Tom Hanks, but I, I know she did like a few other things before, like a League of Their Own. And, 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 and she had a long run on Laverne and Shirley. That's like a ton of seasons. Right, right. Twenty so it's like, episodes a season. Is it, is it, yeah, so she's she's been that, working for a while. Yeah, and so when you and when you see a movie like that, this is where I'm saying, like that movie. Obviously, there's baseball in it, but also the characters to me. Again, I, and I said this, I kind of got off of this, but I was like, what I wanted to say is they were women, yes, but they were also like a lot more going on with them. Especially like if you go with like the sisters, like uh, with Gina Davis and Laurie Pettis character. Like it's not they're, they're women and they're they they have that those moments, but they they're also sisters and there's like a sibling rivalry going on there, and there's a lot to actually chew on. With like Lori Petty really is envious of her sister, and she wants it almost worse than her sister. She wants to be a baseball player more than the actual sister. Who's, but the sister's also like a savant at playing baseball, but she don't really want it like that. And it's kind of yeah, like some Cain yeah. and Abel. It's like a Cain and Abel motif, except it's with women. Like she wants it so badder than than the sister. She's willing to to dig down and to go to places like that. And I feel like those were engaging characters beyond just being women. You know. <laughs> Well, 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 check check this out. I'm gonna um, just add this this one point to give an example. So I always like looking up who creates things and like and like their their resumes just just to kind of figure things out, right? So so League of Their Own has two people who I think are the most seasoned people, which is Abby Jacobson and Will Will Graham. Uh, so so they're the ones who created the show, but this is what the writing room is full of. And I think they also do this just because they kind of don't want to have a deal with personalities and have to flesh out ideas. You know, they just kind of want kind of want like yes yes people. But right. So here's the writing room. Someone named Morgan Morgan Gould is a is a staff writer, and I look at her writing. She has one credit. It's a, a short called Forget Me Not. 
Um, okay. so, so she has one credit and it's a movie short. Those things are usually like, you know, 10 to 20 minutes, if, if that, right? So oh, wow. one credit and then the writing room to a major IP. Next is Gebeme uh, Solo Ikumelo. Uh, and that's the girl who plays uh, the best friend. It's not it's Nigerian girl. Uh, she's oh, primarily okay. an actress. She's primarily an actress, but um, she has like two credits before this. One is a TV short in the, that she she wrote. She wrote two episodes of something called Tonight with Vladimir Putin. I have no idea what that is. Then she I wrote like, like another. Then she wrote like another short, and then um, she has another credit of something called Famalam, which um. Some kind of some kind of sketch comedy that I've never. I don't know if anybody knows. Um, I think I think I think it might be a British sketch comedy show or something. I think she might be she, she might she might be British, a Nigerian Nigerian Brit. But that's not a, a ton of uh, credits. Okay, right. next writer. So someone called Sanaz Tusi. This is literally her only her only credit. Uh, oh wow! The, the wow. show. <laughs> wow! So, just go straight called, to the top. Yeah. Someone called M. M. Weinstein, right? Who seems to be um, either uh, a butch lesbian or um, a trans man, and she has one short as her um, credit, and then staff writer in the show. Wow! And next, someone That's... called Michelle B- Michelle Badillo. Um, she has one episode of a show called The Bull Type. Um, four episodes of the show One Day at a Time. And she got to write one episode of of, of this. And yeah, I mean, like, like basically, yeah. these people don't, don't have a ton of um, experience. Experience or experiences, like in, in seem like in yeah. life for a lot of them. For some, for some of them, I'm sure. Like, like none of them like have done like. They seem like they all come from a metropolitan, you know, a certain type of lifestyle that's kind of relatively not as interesting. Like, like they don't have a lot re- relatively. Uh, you know, it seems like they don't have a lot of experiences with, I don't know, strife or, or grief or you know, like to, to a significant degree. And, you know, I'm not saying they don't go through nothing. I'm sure they do. And but. when you when you look at them and everything, and you read like their um, you know pedigrees and everything, they're different races and sexualities and stuff like that, but. I think they're they all, all got similar. the same. Yeah, they, they're all similar in class background, class and education, background. and education right. background. And I think it right. gives their voice a sameness that they're pretending yes. is not there because they're different. They all people. went to the same the same kind of film school, which you know is ter- pumping out these same type of people and the same kind of thought laundering. And they kind of get out there, and they they're good at getting the jobs. You know, like I think you said this, they're good at getting the jobs, but they're not. They don't, they're not really good at writing, but they're good at getting the work. And it's like that's that's how I just feel watching the show, man. I did not enjoy it. Like I said, I I didn't understand. I, I mean, you know, all of you know they had the representation, but I really didn't find that that it was anything trying to pay any homage, any true homage to what a league of their own was and and what it meant, you know, all all around be by its motifs of things. You know, of sisterhood, uh, you know, of, you know, uh, sibling rivalries or, you know, the, there's a lot of bittersweetness in A League of Their Own, too, because Tom Hanks is a character in there. It could be funny, but it could also 
you know, you get to the end of that movie. It's also, you know, Madonna has her song and it's, you know, it's kind of like a wistfulness of the past in a way. You know, all those things are in there. And I don't yeah. feel, I don't find like none of that is in here. It's not there's no there's no nostalgia, you know. A big problem that they had, too, was that they would have little echoes of the original movie. For example, they had a, a lesbian character there that was clearly meant to evoke. Like, like I felt like right. uh, I, I felt like those characters meant to evoke Rosie O'Donnell's character in the first movie. Yeah, you had different they layers. were at yeah. the very beginning. The very first episode is uh, is Abby coming in. That's like that's like when Gina Davis comes in and they see both. And they're like, what are you looking at? You know, and that's that's, that's yeah. them two. Body type yeah, and everything. Those two, like those two are clearly Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell all over yeah. again. The coach yeah. is meant to be like Tom Hanks' character, but they just kind of dropped the ball. But with they, him. Just, they just, yeah, like, they just kind of dropped the ball with him. That was weird. Like I, I, they, I don't know what that was about. Like he comes I, I in, he's supposed to be this guy. I feel, like a, I feel like a scene was missing. Like something. There was like an about face. Something, something happened. On the that 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 ended there. too fast. That I don't know what that's about. That and that that was way that was way too hard of a shift because he just left and was gone. And I don't know if there was a point to that. I don't. If there is, I don't get it. I missed it because it's just he's just gone. Then the next day, you know. So, but, whatever. <laughs> but I, but I think a reason why I was able to enjoy the show more than you is because I was able to. I just tried to knock the original League of Their Own out of my mind and just say, you know <laughs> what? I'm just gonna. I, I just want to see if they win the series or not, and I'm just gonna see if the romance happens. And and as like a B level, C level show, like like a CW type show. It would it would have been like a good CW 2022 show, you know, if like they just left all the league of their own stuff and the baseball stuff alone, you know. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, like, I, I, I can see that. Like, yeah, yeah a CW yeah. show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if you're not if you're not willing to push the real league of your own out of your mind, which I don't think you're able to do, and I don't blame you, you know. Uh, uh, I agree. It's hard to enjoy this show if you try to think yeah. of it in the context of of everything else. Okay, well, yeah, I, I, you're definitely looking at somebody like who, who loved that, you know, that movie. I, I definitely was one of them, man. I, I didn't enjoy it, um, but you know, I, I saw the whole thing. I probably won't be if there's a season two. I don't think I'll be. I don't think I'll be tuning in. I think, I think they got my viewer. They got my views, and they got me. One, one thing that helped me was that I actually saw didn't see the original movie at first. I saw the original movie after I saw this, and uh, oh wow! I think oh. I saw, yeah, I just never got around to seeing the original movie. I think if I saw the original movie first, it would have definitely hurt my viewing of this. Yeah, no, I, oh, no, no when, doubt. When I saw the original movie after, I was like, oh wow, this is this is actually like a, a great movie. Yeah, not, yeah, this. This was a movie like uh, that that was you know pretty unique in its time I guess you know uh, to to a degree you know all women kind of sports you know movie it's, it's one of the more memorable sports movies you know in in history you know and, and that's usually dominated by men so that that was that and that in and of itself was you know a pretty cool thing you know uh, as far as that goes so but what it, what it's doing here is just yeah, I think it's just a straight bastardization of, of what what a lot of that film was going for, a lot of the moods it was going for. It's just kind of like, like you said, it's just coming out, put your own stuff out there, and we'll just uh, go for it for there. You should like it. And I'm like, no, I, I I don't like this. This is not cool. Whatever. You know, you got me. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to take up I don't take up no more of your time, man. Like, I know I've been uh, chirping on about it, man. Like I said, I, um, I, I wanted to say one more thing, but I, I don't want to take up. Oh, I do want to say this. The way I, I no, no, go, go, ahead. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead. I want to say no, this. Say, when no, it comes no, to go ahead, yeah, yeah. When it comes to, I know I, I haven't mentioned race. I will say this. That is very weird. How 
it, I think I think race is kind of more background than than like you know they talk about them being women and being gay, and I feel like Max, it's very it's 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 very um like like uh, check a box than really more intrinsic in, in, intrinsic ah, what's the word I'm looking for uh you know integral to about how she actually lives her life in this time. You know, even though it's supposed to be a time of margin, you know, of marginalization, they want to point that out. It's like she kind of like uh, to me, race is kind of weird how it's portrayed in the show. Like her father to me is like, especially it's like, I think he would care a lot more about her trying to like go around all these white people or, you know, and her mother, too. You know, but I just feel like they like at the beginning, she like is at the, uh, the, the practice field and it's like. It's like white men there telling them to leave. And it's like her father apparently knew about it. And I'm like, but he just is okay with it. I'm like, it's, again, that's that's just another. That's like the icing on the top. I got way more issues than that. But that's just that's just the icing on the top of me. It's like, all right, racism. Kind of weird. How they portray it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt like um, I felt like it was writers who got their view on racial reality from reading like intersectional text so you know if you read intersectional text they always tell you like uh being a woman is as hard for a black woman as being black and being gay is as hard as being black and a woman everything is kind of an equal interchangeable oppression and i felt like it was written right. from that viewpoint which yeah you know, it it's very it was, interchangeable because it it's interchangeable because when max and uh, uh the abby character that she tells them when they when, in one of their interactions, she tells her she's an outsider like she is. And it's like, I'm like, no, those are, I remember that. And I'm like, those are not the same exact thing, you know? And I'm, I'm like, no, you guys are not the same. And I think the show does know that, kind of, but it's, it's also saying it like we have this kinship to, uh, that I, I don't think is really there. And I think that, I, again, because the, the showrunners only go so far with it. Because it's like, again, those white women would have likely been just as racist as any straight person, no matter what. Like, I don't I don't care. Like, it's just how it is. Yeah, totally. And, and that's why I think, like, a lot of people are complaining about the first movie not tackling race. I'm like, I'm actually glad they didn't tackle race. Because, I, oh, I'm, I'm, I was never, that was never an issue with me. I, was, I get yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, we don't have to be everywhere and in everything because to do it accurately, you're going to make me hate the characters. Come out to, like, our, you know, right. remember it, that, which is what Which is what they try to avoid here. It's, yeah, right, yeah, even yeah. though, even though, but the problem, but the problem with the show here is, it's like it wants to have it, so it's like it, it, it wants to, it wants to say it's there, but it doesn't want to actually, uh, for lack of a better term, do the work. It's like, yeah, exactly. like it doesn't want to do that. And like, whereas the show just said, you know, whereas the movie was like, nah, we're not, we're not going there. <laughs> and then the problem is, what ends up happening is you end up just kind of uh, whitewashing the past, no pun intended, but you just end up like you know yeah. a past where it's like. Yeah, it's kind of homophobic, but not really. I mean, the cops bust up the club now and again, but for the most part, uh, you can have a thriving gay life uh, in, in, yeah, in right. Illinois. You know, yeah, and, I and, thought... and you can and and you can have a you know you, you can be black and have like white uh, white friends and uh, you know a rewarding job and you know have have a whole gay gay community that that you know yeah you go go to with. a house where. Yeah, have a party. You know, they got the white party over here. They got the black party down there. Hey, it's just happening everywhere. It is, you know. And also, I felt like those were those scenes were kind of like how you know how like they have some like a black person might explain something to a white person. I feel like some of those scenes were like explaining 
you know, being lesbian or being gay to like straight people. I feel like it was like some after school special to some degree. In that in that club with uh, Rosie O'Donnell, I was like, yeah, these are the butchers and these are the you know the studs. Oh, or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I kind of like. I feel like are you like trying to like like here? This is this is what it means to be. I'm like. Yeah, I feel like you kind of like. I feel like is this for is this for like straight people to like consume, or is this just like you know something <laughs> that I thought was very heavy handed too was they rushed the connection between the Wizard of Oz and Judy Garland and Gaynor. So it's like the Wizard of Oz just comes out. That's the movie they see in the beginning of the episode, and it's like she literally goes behind like a curtain, basically to to basically right, right. the same way Dorothy <laughs> got transported to Oz. That yeah. Bar, was like Oz. Uh, Carson was like Dorothy being right. transported to Oz. And it's like, what is this wonderful place? I, I saw she didn't have red shoes on, you know, or, or whatever. <laughs> and, right, and you just was... can see it. It's Anvil on head. I, I, yeah, I got that from the right, right when, as I was watching. I'm like, yeah, that's Anvil on head. I get it. I get it. She's going to a great yeah. place. This is She's unlocking everything. Her id is coming. Uh, everything, you know, she's coming out. Yeah. You know, I got it. Yeah. It's like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay we, get, we get it. Judy Garland, uh, icon among the gay community, Wizard of Oz. But right. this there scene, you go. L- l- like, like, this is way too presentist. It's very, this is way too present. Like, yeah, like, oh, no, it's all a metaphor. I'm like, come on. This ain't like Charlton Heston in, uh, what was, which one movie was that? Where it's like, Ben-Hur? you can tell like this. Yes, yes. Ben-Hur. Been Ben-Hur. hurt. Like, come on, man. Like, it ain't the subtext. It, it, come on. Come on, man. But whatever. You know. Yeah. But like I said, uh, I appreciate the time, man. Like I said, I, I ain't got much else to say about it. Like I said, I didn't enjoy it. You know, I still, I still like the original. You know, I just wish, I just wish things were better that we were watching. I wish I was not watching She-Hulk. I prefer to watch good <laughs> things. I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna go watch uh, Cobra Kai. Actually, I hope that's good. I hope that's still holding up. Oh, 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 the new oh, season wait. just dropped. Oh, I the, fit- new, the new season dropped. Oh, interesting. Yep, and if there's one thing I I feel like that's doing that it's oddly doing it well than it should, but it's somehow making the nostalgia work. I feel like that's a that's a show that kind of is doing that right, you know. Even though I didn't know I needed it, you know. It's actually even it's actually one of the few shows that things actually improving on the source material. Like like, yes, I would say that I I agree. Like me, I I got my dad to watch that, and he was like, "Yeah, now this is something good." And and let me tell you, my pops is in a dead place right now when it comes to TV. Because he saw the new CW Walker, Texas Ranger, oh, no. and he's like, this is not Chuck Norris. Oh, and he yeah. just, he's like, this is not Chuck Norris. He's like, he, he can't take it. He like he, he 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 ran it at me for like five minutes about whatever they're doing with the CW. And I'm like, hey, look, that ain't got, I, I don't know what happened to your 90s Chuck Norris pops, but it is what it is, what they're doing with these these remakes now. <laughs> if you want to see real resume decay, you have to look at the writers on She-Hulk. That one is amazing. Like, like, like basically, it's just like, are you my friend? Just here, here, get on the show. <laughs> and it shows in the yeah. quality. But I was, I was on cue. I'm actually enjoying that show. It's so fucking bad that I just... Watch you just yeah, yeah you just brain you just poisoned by it at this point you know it's like no, it's no, fine no no, no, it's good. no what I do is this it's like I'm like if I can just sit through the 24 minutes of this I have hours of hilarious YouTube content to watch after they're <laughs> uh, pointing out how bad it is yeah yeah and and I basically just sit through it just so I can laugh with it, it, it's like criticism as blood sport at this point it's just watching yeah I mean just I, the, tear something to shreds. Yeah, I, I got that when I watched Kenobi. I saw like that scene when the lady was slapping the helmet. I was like, "Wait, this can't be real! Like, this is really happening! Like, y'all don't see how badly made this is! Like, but whatever." <laughs> oh god. Anyway. All right, all right. I'm, yeah. Have a good one, yeah, man. man. I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. Ha- y'all have a good one, bro. All right, take it easy. Uh, yeah. Hey, Q. Any any um, particular thoughts? I, you know what? I wanted to say real quick. 
I had been getting tired of talking about the Marvel stuff, and it was driving me crazy. So I looked forward to doing a League of Their Own today. But then I saw She-Hulk episode four, and I was like, oh, wow, I actually wish we were talking about this this week because this was one of the worst <laughs> insane. Like, I've just never seen writers. I mean, we talk about like, blue check problems. One blue check writer problem is using the um, work. Instead of writing about characters, using the work to settle old scores and to, like, affirm themselves, you know, like, that's a big problem, but I've never seen it to the level of uh, She-Hulk. She-Hulk is a show that has probably been one of the most blatantly, like, these are the axes to grind of a certain type of um, Karen that lives in a certain type of city and has a certain type of politics. It's like, they could have made this for any character. Like, like they, I don't think they have any idea of what the She-Hulk actually is or anything. It's just me, me, me. It's a very insane show, but it's educational too because you really learn a lot about a certain type of person because they just put it all in the in the show. But um, I don't want to return to the show this quick cause in case people are sick of us talking about it, but we have to go back to the show. I don't know if we should wait till the end of the season or wait for like two more episodes to go back to it. But that, I think this is a show that's going to break Marvel. Like that's going to be their crowning achievement. They're going to find a way to f- destroy one of the biggest billion dollar juggernaut franchises ever with, with uh, one show. I just cannot see Marvel coming back from this show. I think it's going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, hey, Hirotsu. Uh, how's it going? Feel free to unmute. Also, Q, are you there? Did, did we lose Q? I think did Q fall asleep. I don't know. Hey, Hirotsu. Hey, what's going on? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. Um, by the way, did you have a chance to watch this, this show? I don't know if we spoke about it. Uh, League of the Room? Yeah. Nah, man. I, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way I you tried, said. man. I, did, I turned it off, man. I, I can't, man. That's just, she, she hope broke it. <laughs> yeah, she hope broke it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but, but, but uh, go on, go on. Uh, how's yeah. it going? Yeah, pretty good. I just wanted to just comment just about the, like, the uh, presentism. I think it's a, it's a feature and not, a, and, and not like a bug. Like, um, like, I think it started with Hamilton just, re- like, um, this re- rewriting the past and this kind of idea that like by showing you know uh, non-white people in 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 you know America's racist ass you know his history is like a way I think that they that people I guess like shit libs they want to call them think that like by doing that they'll they'll like improve race relations and they can move forward. You know what I mean? By, by white, by like whitewashing the past. I, I wouldn't, I don't want to even call it whitewashing, but like rainbow find the past. And like, by, by doing that, I think it's, it's like a, an active way that they believe is like doing more good than, than, than harm. I don't know. But I, I don't know if anybody has like a take on that. But, yeah. I mean, it's happening too much for it to be an accident. I'll, I'll, I'll say that, you know, like, uh, and 
And I think this is touching on something that you were saying. There's definitely a way in which I can see why white people enjoy this stuff because they get to pretend that they're doing it to be um, inclusive or, or, you know, give representation. But they're also, um, again, for lack of a better phrase, whitewashing their own past. Like, you know, this kind of vindicates my ancestors, like, you know, because like the past doesn't look so bad, you know, like look at, look at Bridgerton, like, okay, like England was racist. Yeah. But like, how racist were they? Like, you know, they had, they had black people in high society supposedly and intermarrying with them and, and letting them partake in glamor and everything and being very non-racist to them in, in their social circles, you know? And it's like, this is the same country that just, a couple of years ago, basically ran Meghan Markle out. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. So you guys are really like more progressive somehow back then when this is not even true for today, much less centuries ago, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think a certain type of, uh, minority creative, you know, kind of realizes this is a service that they're providing to people to help them whitewash their past and, and are willing to be that person for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that that has to be it. And like I don't know, like I don't know if this is something that's being taught in uh in like um art programs, like writing programs, like is is this I don't know if anybody in the audience knows, like is this um like an approach? Like is there a name for this? Like cuz usually that's what I what what it has to be, right? There there has to be some kind of um I mean, I think whitewashing kind of is the name for it. I don't know if there's a less pejorative name, like a yeah, or whatever. But I mean, I think it is. Here's a question I have, and I wonder what you what you guys think about this. Um, and then 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 we can move on to Colonel um, Gaddafi after this. But um, I said this, I wonder: Do these people kind of let themselves? take in any of the criticism or had they just been able to convince themselves that everything is like, did they really believe everything is just racist, sexist, misogynist, um, homophobes, transphobes, or does yeah. a part of them, like, for example, to use a more obvious example, like the She-Hulk writers, so many people are clowning their work. Everything is um, becoming everything that show does because a meme instantly, but not not a complimentary meme. Like like the Megan Thee Stallion twerking and the the speech to Bruce, and it gets so ridiculous. But there's still a handful of like um, Marvel Universe loving Karens or people with weird like uh, Tumblr furry avatars and stuff who will support every single thing that show and other shows like it do and i was wondering like at a certain point do you start admitting to yourself okay these people who are giving me the positive affirmation for this show are pretty much jokers like, like i can't take them seriously but um all these people dissing the show all of them can't just be racist and sexist and, and homophobes like like they're in there but you know something about the show has got to be a little bit bad. Like, like I wonder that did they ever let that realization hit their conscious mind or are they really no, able to be that, that delusional and really just create themselves no matter how bad the feedback is, it's really just um, that. I don't think so. I, I guess have, have you worked ever worked in retail, like in a clothing store uh, or, Oh no. 
Yeah. So like, there's always, you know, we, we, there's always Karens, man. There's always, there's always been like, can I speak to the manager people? And it's, and yeah, I think they, they really believe what they believe, man. Like you have people that have no, um, no, like, uh, filth, no, what's the word? They, 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 they're not, they don't learn. They just really believe that they're right. That, you know, their, their life is comfortable enough where like, they don't have to like, um, reevaluate how they think what they do and like like in retail there's people like that that they just are um ignorant they they believe that they're right even if you try to reason with them they just bulldoze through their you know their their uh, point so I, I think it's the same thing with, with these with this whole thing it's just like they're the good guys and everybody who disagrees with them is just wrong so yeah i, I think um there's no, there's no reflection, there's no self-reflection. But, but my, my question, what I, what I really want to know, what, what I really want to know is, uh, even a retail person, that's like, okay, you know, that's that's a certain incident or whatever. But I mean, when you have feedback to the tune of millions and millions of people, you know, like, uh, well. Let's say hundreds of thousands of people. Like, like how, how far does it go? You know, before um, you know, you because you, that's that's an amazing amount of feedback you just dismiss in your head, which is is almost well, impressive, kind of. We we saw with with with, with Trumps and like and like the these kind of these kind of blue blue wave Democrats, like they they just will not you know, see that, like, the Democrats are, are garbage, and they just keep on towing the, uh, that line, you know, like, even though, you know, like, Trump won, and, and, you know, people aren't voting, and the young people don't, don't want anything to do with Biden, I think it's just, I think it's the same type of mentality, right, like, there's enough of them to justify how they believe, despite the pushback of, you know, an equal amount of people, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Oof. All no, right, man. Appreciate. Yeah, always, always appreciate. Uh, I think we'll take one more person. We have Kobe Kadapi, and then uh, I think we'll end it uh, there. Um. Wait. I think something's weird on my screen. I have Kobe Kadapi as next, but it won't let me allow him to speak. Uh, Q, I don't know if you're still there, but um. Oh wait. Okay. Hey, how's it going, man? Yo, yo. I'm sorry, my computer's being weird on my end. No. Anyway. Yeah, something, uh, something weird was going on. Oh, wait, real quick before you speak, let's make an announcement real quick. Uh, if you're watching the show on a browser but you're not logged in, please take like 10 seconds to uh, log in, even if you have to create an account, because uh, that helps us with the metrics of the show. So. Helps us a lot. So, yeah, we have 52 people watching anonymously, and yeah, just take 10 seconds to create an account or log into an existing account, and then continue to watch the show. And with that, give yeah, till it continue. hurts. Yeah, there you go. Yes, how's it going? Yeah. Were you able to watch the show at all? Oh yeah, and I think I've come to a very interesting uh, conclusion about this sort of writing and this show that I. Basically, Patton Oswalt has a bit that, that sums it up pretty simply, 
which is you ever hear the biddies talks about like kids in the 80s growing up with like hippie parents and they grew to resent them and they became like the people who would like uh censor everything and everything and all the kids who grew up with like straight laced parents grew up to rebel and all this stuff uh, I haven't heard that comedy skit, but I've heard the theory before about, like, you know, that, that the yeah, kids will be Yeah, but I heard it for the first time from, yeah, I've heard that, bit, I heard that theory first from that bit, but the reason I bring that up is I realized something about this generation of liberals, well, my generation, because as of yesterday, I'm officially 31 years old, yay. Uh, um, I, came, I came to this theory. What happened with the difference between this generation and like the last generation of uh people who ran Hollywood, which was like you know boomer to like early Gen X and the millennials who are now coming in, two things are huge factors that changed everything. Number one was Me Too, pretty much did like a gigantic head swipe, uh, just beheading of like most of the leadership of a lot of these studios. So there's that. And the other one is, unlike the boomer generation, Gen X, I guess you say, I feel like the, the millennial generation of liberals never, ever, 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 ever got close to understanding that same level of, like, sort of, like, pseudo disobedience. You know, like, how, like, the boomers at least had the decency to do, like, bullshit, like, the hippies, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, Gen X, it was just you know, slackers and shit. We have none of that. It was just all consumer fed to us through the internet, so no one really knows how to, like, write any sort of dissenting opinion anymore. You see what I'm trying to say? Uh, so, so you mean like millennials were kind of just groomed to consume? Yeah, and this is why it's weird for me, because, like, I wasn't really raised like that. Like, as I tell people all the time, my references are always weird because everyone who raised me was, like, born in the 50s in Arkansas. <laughs> Mm, so, interesting, you know, yeah. Yeah, like everyone like like everyone who raised me came up to fucking Michigan due to the Great Migration. Well well something something that uh I've noticed, right, and I can't take full credit for this observation because I've seen someone else um I've seen someone else talk talk about this. Um but the Okay, so so to take the Marvel stuff, right? There's uh three there's uh three phases or whatever. What phase are we in? We're in phase four or five? We're in phase four. Yeah, we're in phase four, right? But um, I kind of realized when I was looking at the credits of, of all this stuff that at some point it was kind of a shift of the guard from Gen X writers, you know, to millennial and, and younger writers. Like this phase no, four. No, no, hmm? no. I, I agree. I agree. But there's actually one. I, I agree with this theory wholly to add to it. You know when I think we saw the actual change of the guard in Hollywood, the final change? Yeah. When they stopped making Transformers movies and started with the MCU, which is around the same time. And think about it, Transformers, the first movie, the first three movies, really were just PR for GM. Because at the time, you know, the whole economic downturn was going on and GM needed some way to sell their bullshit car. Not bullshit car, they had good cars back there, but like, basically... It was it was a clearly just a giant cash grab for GM because come on all the Autobots are all GM cars are you fucking kidding me? 
Like yeah, one... but I would say, but I would say the start of the MCU was still not that change because the MCU was still pretty. No, that was the start I mean, of. The, I mean, not the change, but like the start where we started to see like, like, it, like if this is a boat, this is when you start to see the lime start to develop on the bottom. Yeah, but but like okay, like the MCU, it starts off with John Favreau making Iron Man, then there's like. Um, I mean, Kevin Feige is like, seems to be like a Gen X guy. Then there's like Joss Whedon, and it was all these people who kind of Joss grew Whedon up to I me. Him with a burning passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he's he's pretty he's pretty Gen X. Like it, like Gen X people are all these people who grew up on things like um, Quentin Tarantino and Kevin Smith and Joss Whedon, and all tried to write in that kind of uh, quippy but edgy type of uh, style and. And this this is not an observation that that I came up with. This is something that I saw someone else. Uh, oh no, say I know. I've said, heard this. W- w- I've heard this. Where they said that these new people coming up, right, are people who kind of grew up not on Joss Whedon or Tarantino, but they grew up on Disney sitcoms. And and when they when I, I heard about, that, um, I was like, Go ahead, go finish it. What was you gonna say? Oh, oh no, no, I, I was gonna say. When you watch the She-Hulk show, it makes sense. Like that is a Disney sitcom for like yes, maladjusted thank you, thank adults. You fucking, thank it's you, thank the, you. the humor. The humor is like a Disney sitcom for like forty-year-old uh, women. Okay, okay. And it's, uh, quick it's thing horrible. About Joss Whedon. Quick thing about Joss Whedon. Cheap shot coming. Uh, this is more for a joke for you, Trevor and Q, because this would be a joke for you guys' age. Yes, Joss Whedon, the only man I could ever look at, read his writing, and say, wow, if you were younger in the 90s, you would have gone to Lilith Fair to try and pick up chicks, wouldn't you? I could totally see him doing that for, for, for sure. For sure. I, I mean, tell me I'm wrong, guy. everyone in the audience, tell me I'm wrong. He was an interesting guy because I feel like he telegraphed his creepiness like so uh, blatantly, but... Uh, Okay, but, I knew, like, I knew somehow too, he fooled people like, here. No, I, he didn't fool me. The reason I knew he was going to be like that. Have you ever seen Dr. Horrible's sing along blog? Uh, no, I refused. I just saw the premise and I was good. I watched it with my friends. I actually liked it, but like, keep in mind at the time, I was like, it was like me, early 20s. You know, I had very little life experience. So, I mean, it might not have been that bad. To be fair, I didn't see the, I didn't see the thing, but I, yeah, I don't know why I didn't want to see it. It just it wasn't that bad. Like people could like, I, I, as I say all the time, the only redeeming thing watching that show now is the fact that Neil Patrick Harris has an amazing singing voice, and that's the only thing that makes me go back is for his songs. That's it. That is it. And after that, it's just like fuck you, Joss. Also, Serenity was a gigantic letdown. Are you kidding me? You killed Wash, you fucking asshole. But I digress. Getting back to the main point of what what I called him up. The reason I say that they never learned the descent, a key example going off of what you were saying, uh, look at how they, the young adult novels that were written for my generation, like, like, it's kind of there, too, of what I'm talking about, because it's like, Harry Potter was going in the direction of something that would like, you know, you know, teach the idea of civil disobedience, you know, standing up for us, right? Things like that, especially towards the latter half of the book, the series with the books. I did read some of them here and there. 
what I realize is is that this is what it, this is what you get of a culture when you no longer have any like fiction for kids that was more in the way of like books like Holes, which was actually if anyone who's ever read it read back like that was actually a very progressive story for what it was telling. And it went more in the direction of like basically Twilight. Let's just get it out the way. Let's it went the Twilight direction. And we all can go down the list of problems with Twilight. We we have we have our own time to do that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think Harry Potter was the uh, had a major. I always think like uh, that Harry Potter was like um, white people's crack generation. Like like you know, it just, there was some crack wiped out a generation of like you know the greatest black potential. I feel like Harry Potter just ruined the whole generation of of, of white people. Like that. No 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 from... no 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 Harry Potter. Harry Potter was more like a buffer zone between, like, that was where, like, all the shit lives were gonna go. Like, for the pop culture that came out when I was young, Harry Potter was just catnip for the kids who, like, said, I'm voting for Hillary, even though we were, like, in middle school. So that one that shocked me while my weeb ass was like, ugh. Yeah. But um, hold, thing. hold. Hold on, just real quick. Um, yeah, I think we lost. Did you? Can you guys hear me? Um, my app reset. Okay, my app reset. I don't know if I disappeared for you guys. Um, yeah. So, um, North Squad said, dude, everything is in politics. I don't know if that's um, aimed at me or you, but... Oh, no, it's aimed at me, and I will simply say, as I always say to everything, uh, politics is downstream from culture. Please and thank you. Okay, well, I actually wanted to end it with you, because um, we're but at I'm two, just leaving it with at... this last point, this, uh, last okay, thing that, this last thing to consider. I want to leave it with this. All right. Imagine this generation, and I know this is a morbid thing to think about, but imagine if writers of this generation, you turned on the news one day and said, Shonda Rhimes has been optioned to write a remake of Gone with the Wind. Could you imagine? Oh, Shonda, oh, wait, is this something they said that happened, or are you saying that? No, could imagine? you imagine if they, someone like her got, like, was allowed to remake Gone with the Wind? Oh, my God. God. Oh, it would be, it would be amazing because I think she would try to kind of focus on uh, making it more diverse and romantic. It would be very, very bizarre. I, I mean, but she did. She, she already kind of remade plantation fiction because, um, basically, I feel like a lot of her shows are low key plant, uh, modernized uh, plantation uh, fiction, just transported to the modern day. Like I think uh, Scandal is. Kind of like plantation. No, fiction. you're thinking of Due North. You're thinking of Due North. But but Due North is basically scandal mixed with um, a slave movie. But I think the reason why it was able to work is because the blueprint of Scandal is very much already plantation fiction. That's why Due North, which is a combination of the two, totally 
um, works. I think it's in the I DNA. I gotta be of, honest. I gotta be honest. Watching Insecure now is so uncomfortable because I have cousins who act just like Issa. So. Oh, yeah. oh there's there's a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that happening. That's oh, that's. Um, it's, just, it's like but, I can't make. I can't change it. But like, just leave with that thought because I thought for a second. No, no race changes. She keeps the same race of everybody. I'm just thinking, who does she get to play Hattie Daniels' character? That's all I want to leave with. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. She's she's a whole. We could do a whole show show on on her at some point. But um, yeah, thanks thanks for jumping in and yeah, that's pretty much where we're, where we're going to to end it. Thank you, Colonel Kova Gaddafi, Hirotsu, Gambi Man, everyone who um, came and spoke and. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do next week. I'm going to have to check with uh, Q, who, um, I don't know something happened, but he uh, has disappeared. Disappeared. But also, if you want to give us suggestions, you can message either myself or Q on this app. Uh, so make sure to follow us if you're not following us for whatever reason. And you'll um, be able to, to tell us what you want to see. Because, yeah, I have a couple of ideas of things things I want to uh, talk about. One thing I want to talk about without actually having seen the thing, but just a trailer. I want to know what people think about the controversy behind uh, the Little Mermaid trailer. It's been one of the first times we actually do something not on an actual show or book or whatever, but on a controversy about a trailer because I just find that whole thing really weird that this is all culture is now. Like At some point, Everyone has given up on any bigger national conversations outside of being mad about wokeness and changing of race and genders. Like this is all we have now is article after article about review bombing. And guess what? Supposedly racists are bad mouthing this show now. And please watch our show for that reason to stick it to the racist or stick it to the sexist. And and this is like just the latest example. I'm just kind of curious about if who that works on or if people are really believing this or if, you know, people feel for the most part is just generated and phony. I mean, my vote is that I think a lot of this is just kind of phony and engineered, but there's a lot of people out there who seem to really be buying into this um, idea that the real front for fighting racism, sexism, and whatever is to buy the latest Disney or Warner brothers or whatever movie with, um, a black princess or a gay version of a straight character or whatever. And that's something I really want to talk about, but any other ideas you have, feel free to send it to us on this app and we will try to work them in. All right. Um, Oh wait, Karthik is, is here. Let me just, we're wrapping up, but I'll let you say something real quick. Hey, how's okay. it going? I, I, I wish I called sooner then. Um, yeah. So you're, you're talking about how, um, like, like Disney has us convinced or, you know, Amazon or whoever, that, like, if you're watching, like, um, stories about, like, diverse characters, and that means, like, you're a good person? Uh, yeah, well, actually, we were talking about uh, possible future topics, and I was saying that's the one that I'm thinking about um, doing. Oh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't miss anything. Uh, we can let you know when that when that topic is is happening. But uh, I mean, if, unless you want to vote now for that being a topic that you're interested in. Yeah, sure. I'll just say quickly. 
It's just like the next uh, marketing step that these uh, giant uh, uh, media corporations have because, like, they always have to grow. You know, they always have to, in their minds, actually, they have to do something that's bigger, better, you know, different, whatever. So this is just like the next step, you know? And when people are sick of this shtick, whether they are or not, I have no idea. Then there'll be something else. And I feel like they're clearly doing it from the beginning. Like from the minute they announced this thing, they announced it particularly in preparation of the day they could announce, hey, racists are mad, you know? Like I've not... I've announcing not what project specifically? No, no. I mean, from the minute they announced that they were casting a black girl as Ariel, they already had in their mind the eventual oh, headline of yeah. racists are mad. And I don't doubt that they really are racist. Sure. Um mad about this it's just kind of like well well what do you expect it's going to happen but either just make it good and people will shut up and that's just that's just yeah, kind of what, it's what kinda like it, it's kind of like they're using racism just to like protect themselves like because they know it's not gonna be good or whatever um because like it's i saw this like i felt this was super obvious for the uh, uh kenobi series because they casted that um i, I forgot her name but uh, i think it was moses ingram so they casted that um, uh, black actress um, to be an inquisitor who's like, you know, for people that don't know, it's like a kind of a, a very important role in the Star Wars canon. And like, and, and this was like a few days before um, the show even started. But then like, I think like the Star Wars Twitter was like, if you don't like Moses Ingram's character, that means you're an automatic racist. Oh, 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 but, but, and this was like before the show even came out. Yeah, but, but not just that, I saw so many people saying that before I saw one single person actually be racist. So that was a funny thing. They just, I thought like, I must have seen like a hundred people complain about racists that, who were going to attack Moses Ingram before I saw a single racist actually attack. Yeah, um, no, I, yeah, me too. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead. No, I'll, I'll tell you just just to um, make sure you make sure you wrap it up because uh, we're we're wrapping up. So just, okay, just let sorry, this be a final. I'll yeah, I'll just talk for another, yeah. another minute then. Okay, and so cool. yeah, and like and when it came out, uh, like uh, everybody thought the show was was like at least specifically her character. I mean, was just horrible. Like, and and then and then they could use that excuse of racism. To just you know push back, it's, it's like they knew it was going to be bad. So like it's, it's kind of like they made her character like not appealing on purpose, just so they could like have a defense. Um, and last thing I want to say I'll, is, I'll, have I'll you say, guys? Say, seen... I don't think they made the character unappealing on purpose. I think they realized that they had an unappealing character. Almost, if I know, probably I definitely it just felt like it. Yeah. And then, um, have you guys seen the uh, new Sea Hulk episode? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna end up talking talking about that. But yeah, okay. yeah, it was Thanks. it was very it was very memorable, and uh, I don't think in a good way. But it was uh, at least something happened, so I'll give it that. I'm it's like, just it. comedy. It's just one big joke. That's all it is. It's like this is, like we don't need to take it seriously. Just a, yeah, it's a big joke, but it's not particularly funny. Unfortunately, it's a, it's the, oh yeah, uh, you know yeah the the it's it's a sad joke. You can say that yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Wong's a joke, of course, now too. Yeah, of course. And Hulk. We, yeah. yeah, yeah. We can we can talk about that later because we're definitely going to yeah. return. We're definitely going to return to She Hulk. She Hulk is a hot mess. All right, everybody. Um, take care. Keep listening. Check out on Patreon.com/forward/slash/Champagne Sharks, and we'll talk soon.